Hello and welcome to another episode of Corks Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, you name it I'll speak about it and today's episode is another review. I think I want to do a lot of those because I've been going to too many events like I never thought you could have too many events but oh god I am packed up for morning to night every week and I love it to be honest because every time I'm like oh I want to rest I want to sleep in I kind of regret it like because I'm like there's so much to consume and I'm in my hungry era if that's an era I'm in my restless era and um this is me essentially trying to consume everything I can before a gets too expensive b the country falls apart c (laughs) I don't know just I it's like I'm trying to ward off any uncertain circumstances by doing everything I can right now you know Bell Hook spoke about death always being with us so um use that as the uh impetus for now I'm paraphrasing but yeah so I will do it in chronological order I believe I went to watch this film this is how you know you've been to too many um what do you call it um uh, events because how can I know how can I not know when um I went to a film, but I believe I went to this film, <coughs> excuse me, uh, watched this preview of this film, Catherine Called Birdie, at Barbican. Um, I think it was about two weeks ago now, or maybe like 10 days ago. And um, it was really interesting. It was like a medieval story about a young girl who comes of age and is basically set off to be married to a man um, because her family doesn't even have enough money to basically keep her as unmarried and it reminded me of the book I was reading at the time which was called Lily by Rose Tremaine and that book was essentially about a a single young woman who was going about her life and um had a weird awkward upbringing maybe I'll like mix these two reviews because I really enjoyed that book I gave it five stars on Goodreads it was really enticing very well written just excellent from beginning to end but it's about a girl from um well, she's from London but she's shipped off to Suffolk to be raised by a foster family she comes back to London to become a wig maker and then she ends up killing somebody and it's such a strange roundabout story of events but it reminds me of all the gothic kind of literature that we read in A level and these themes of women being kind of oppressed into their role as particularly when they're not married or partnered they experienced the discrimination from the world. And um, it was, I think, the bulk of what many, particularly European white women, were talking about in these olden days. So whether you get contemporary writers now writing historical fiction or literal writers from back in the day having their works either republished or printed or discovered and published in present day, you see how this idea of marriage and partnership and children really bared heavy on them and still does to this day but it's always interesting to see how they um approach these themes so in talking about um this film lady catherine um or catherine called birdie it's about this very young woman who has is yet to undergo is yet to experience puberty but um, when she does she starts hiding her bloody rags because she doesn't want anyone to know because she knows that then her parents are going to find her a suitor, a husband. And she has a very lovable uncle who she wishes she could marry. You know, it's that young, juvenile, teenage mind of not understanding, you know, that, like, 
the people that we love, we love in different ways and whatever, but she's got these suitors coming in from all areas, like weird and wonderful men that approach her to want to marry into her family. And she literally despairs and sabotages every single one of them. So this is medieval England. It's, I think, based in Stonebridge. And that's like an English village. And it was the year, like 1290. And she is the youngest child at the time of her parents right because I think her parents were trying to conceive or more but her mother kept having miscarriages so the family need money essentially and the only way to do that is to marry her off to a man with wealth and land and uh, they do so humorously in getting men of obviously huge stature but much older than her um and birdie is kind of presented as a comedic character who has you know her male friends i wouldn't say she's a tomboy or anything she has a really close friend as well who um ends up falling in love with her uncle but isn't even allowed to marry her uncle either has to marry some basically child and the uncle marries the 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 sister of that child it's so strange because it just reminds you how marriage in those days was very much just a construct to survive and and financially support the other and with money and land as opposed to you know love and romance that we see today and I feel like we've tipped the 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 balance a lot so before it used to be just about you know survival and and basically spreading your seed etc but then it has become extremely about love and it's like even if you have no money doesn't matter get with that person and there's probably a sweeter spot in the middle that could see a lot more marriages successful but it's like who's to say why you should marry you know everyone's got their reasons I'm not here to judge I just wanted to watch something that took me to a different place in my mind and it really did um I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was it was really funny it had Russell Brand in it, had Billy Piper, who I love a lot, um, the acting, I even had the guy from Normal People, I don't, I think his name is Joe Alwyn, um, it had a really diverse cast of people who all, I even had a Sophie Oconedo, it, ha- it had a really diverse cast of, be- cast of people who all conspired to make this medieval England look realistic without being contrived about it. I feel like a lot of historical fictions are really almost trying too hard, but they were quite regular and very relaxed in that atmosphere, you know, of uh, stony builds and 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 different types of foods and yeah, it was it was good. It was it was great. It was it was clever and I think it was ambitious. I know it was directed by Lena Dunham, but who's American and obviously wrote girls that that TV show called Girls, then everyone always frames that show as like a legendary show. I, I, I haven't watched it myself, so I probably should, whatever, because I just don't know. I don't want to say, I don't know what the hype is, but um, I don't know that much about her work. So I clearly have to engage with it. But seeing an American portray an English heroine like this, because Birdie is very much a heroine. Um, and, um, and I think another funny funny part of the story was that when I was listening to because I was listening to the audiobook of Lily 
by Rose Tremaine. There's a part where Lily is talking about um having like birds in a cage and I think I think is she called Birdie by somebody or some point? And it just reminded me of like this show, Catherine called Birdie, this movie called Catherine called Birdie. Because they call her Birdie too, because she owns birds and obviously the singer Birdie. So it seems like a, a common nickname for young English young English girls, which I find really endearing. But yeah, um it was it was clever. It's nice to see like a young girl basically take her try and take her future into her own hands and um be so spirited with it i think sometimes when we're watching a lot of films we don't get the hope and drive of young women we try you know because it's a good theme to present but it's hard to achieve because actors are i feel like child actors um i feel like they're in like scarcity now people just get older actors to act as young girls but i actually don't know how old this girl is she looked really young but it obviously introduced typical themes of like you know miscarriage homeland um money marriage love equity illness um ownership property like all of those traditional things that i typically talk about or think about when i'm reading old books or especially english books that subtly come through like those are like the main anchors of identity for these types of films and shows and I find it endearing because it allows me to really um establish a precedent away from that because these are the themes I'm trying to avoid when I'm writing and that is so alternative you don't realize it's alternative unless you've actually read a lot of English books but I'm trying to get away from those themes and boy is it hard you don't realize how endemic they are to most people's humanity so in trying to make those themes irrelevant and draw upon the incandescent the almost unreal the unlikely the iridescent like all of these I'm struggling but I'm getting there slowly I see myself clearly quickly getting infused by what I've seen obviously in all the theatre shows and and movies I watch and books I read but I feel like I have to digest it I have to write it and then I have to erase it you know what I mean I don't want my work to be too abstract but I do like this idea of people saying I've never read anything like this before like that's what I want because there's a canon of literature that is so contrived um, particularly in Britain of like what is acceptable to write and what is not acceptable to write and I don't want to be down that lane and speaking of all of this like I guess I'm writing again <clears throat> but I'm writing for myself like I'm journaling a hell of a lot and um, I'm journaling so much but I'm not even having time to journal which sounds ridiculous but I'm basically writing in my online journal whilst I'm on like public transport but I'm not sitting down on, on at my desk on my bed at my fingertips uh, a paper and pen to to write down on lines everything I'm doing I should I will I want to I I I want to write something that's worthy of me you know and that takes a lot of discipline because nobody's on my back telling me to send this in or send that in nobody's like helping me with it and I'm okay with that because I want it to be like um I want it to be like entirely mine. I don't want it to be a case of somebody else's story. I don't want someone to think I should do that. I don't don't want it. Like I don't want input. I know that's all ridiculous. Like I don't want input. I know what I want to write, and I just I know what to write. I know how to write it. I just have to put it together. Like it's all there. 
well yeah these films are really helping me build i guess storytelling skills um even the approach of comedy was so intentional and deliberate with the historical fictions you see often a very serious um political overtone to these books but this of course is politically charged it's a it's about a woman's right to freedom um but it was done in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way with this god knows maybe 13 year old girl hiding on the tables and growling in older men's faces and and rough and tumbling with the boys and walking through like um amazing landscapes enjoying her english upbringing up until the point where she becomes a woman essentially and we don't realize that this is such a thing for young girls in the world everywhere because we're told now okay well english girls have freedom english girls don't have that problem um because they're in the west and we're not we're not expecting you to marry if you don't want to etc but there is obviously a still a subtle expectation that you know you are partnered and when i'm at work or at well not at school but in settings whereby people have partners it's a given it's not like if and it's when it's it's how it's it's always happening and um i'm worried that in my writing i might adopt a tone of voice that is um unintentionally polemic of that like i'm not trying to dispute uh, um an age-old um manner of being that's so fucking abstract i'm not saying people shouldn't be in relationships i'm not saying that i'm saying that like all the things that we put into those relationships are what i want to unpack in what i'm writing and it takes a lot because you have to undo and unlearn everything you ever knew about care and love and marriage and entitlement and enticing and um i'm getting there like i feel like it's building every day but it's not easy and i am struggling quite a lot but we move in and we move every day so yes i enjoyed the film it isn't like anything you are expected to see except back in the day when you watched those comedies on bbc one and it would be like horrible histories or that show like little britain with uh, david valiums like those kind of um english type comedies maybe even like only fools and horses stuff like that like they they're taking the piss but not in a rude way it's in a very no little britain was rude don't get me wrong little britain was bloody rude ableist all that kind of stuff not that kind of um tone i meant in the sense that we're dealing with people poking fun at how the world was but not from the space of hindsight because they're in it versus the skits that you see on Only Fools and Horses and Little Britain, where they're just taking the bloody mick out of everything and often it is offensive. And for some people, it's still funny. But I guess when you're seeing it from the time span that they were in, you're like, oh gosh. Like there's a scene where Lady Catherine tells her mum, like, you don't, you haven't given me any siblings or whatever. Because the mum announces she's pregnant again. And then Lady Catherine basically says, well, they're just going to die. Like, every other one of your babies die. And it's such um, a shocking thing to say as a teenager. 
But then again, it's not shocking because it's a teenager speaking. It kind of reminds me of like the theme of miscarriage actually in um the show I watched at the Almeida Theatre, where it was like it mentioned quite flippantly, and it's quite peculiar that this is such a topic that people are saying in a I guess quite a cavalier way. I'm not like saying either or it should be or shouldn't be. I'm not. It's another thing that's happening. Um the clinic was about multiple themes of blackness and Africanness and uh Nigerianness and love and respect and care. But when that theme of miscarriage came in, it was just threaded through. So it was almost easy to miss. But I forget that this is a worldwide phenomenon that affects all women who are um all people who are childbearing. And that statement, I don't know why I really like wrong true for me. But I guess at times you can just feel hopeless when you're a woman and you're doing things in a society that doesn't support you socially when you want to be um who you are, whether that's single or in a property or sexually liberated and the world's like, no, we're gonna take that power back from you. We're not gonna allow you to rent a house or or buy um, a property or um or drive a car without a man as your company um, and then obviously the ownership of women's bodies have become so politicized where it's like you know you can't even seek um a medical abortion in certain states in the USA and it just keeps going on and you're like when does it stop you know how does this entire race of people come into ownership and and I think that's the theme I'm really trying to come into with my book is that like what do women own because I feel like people want to own things I don't know if it's a biological desire I've really settled in the fact that I'm here to let go and live life and not worry um I'm not trying to own anything but I understand that it's an in like it's it's, a, it's an intrinsic desire for some people so that's probably the hardest part of storylines like this, where it's like this husband of hers wants to own her. Um, like Birdie, she punches a suitor in the face. She sets um a hut on fire. I remember there's a part where her, her dad, <laughs> he does something really stupid because he's trying to explain her wayward behaviour. Or oh, I think she wasn't showing up to the table or something. And then he basically says flippantly that there's there's pox going around and obviously that's smallpox and at the time I was literally reading a book Lily uh Rochemain, where um the the madam of the wig emporium that Lily works at gets very sick and she worries that it's smallpox and that all of her her lovers don't want her anymore and that's essentially what happened in this film the guy that was gonna marry her was like oh hell no I'm out like so it's like these things that we overlooked, I guess, when we wanted to pretend that women historically had all the power. And um, I say we sparingly, I did not ever think that. But I think sometimes people look back at history and they're like, oh, why do women just not fight back? Why do women just not um, resist discrimination or whatever? And it's like, you don't know what it means to resist policy. You don't know what it means to resist discrimination. The consequences leaving you unmarried, which means you're unsuitable for modern society. The, the fact that people were checked into hospital for things like hysteria. And 
the isolation it caused because you become a social outcast there's like a bunch of contingencies that come with deciding I don't want to be part of this type of life um even if that type of life is miserable and um it's quite a shame because I never really knew to the same extent as other women perhaps about the dearth of women's history until maybe what he was like I was far too old probably school you know I feel like it should be introduced very early that you know as a young girl you're gonna struggle with xyz because people don't think that you should be doing xyz um and that's usually like work or ownership property ownership or like I know a lot lot of people who never even considered buying a house it's just always going to be a case of you know sharing their husband's house and I'm just like that the the concept of that to me is ridiculous because if he just decides to kick me out what then you know what I mean like that lack of ability is really frightening until you get to a point where you're happy as a woman to resist the constructs that have been designed for you it feels like you may struggle in many elements of life even the film itself is based on um a book which is basically uh a, a journal that's been designed for publication and it just makes me think like wow so even this little thing that I do to myself intimately writing how I feel each day and what the world is doing to me is some sort of revolution like bell hooks says and i'm not like obsessed with bell hooks like i just like a few of her quotes and she says like you know no woman has ever written enough like you you're worried that you're talking too much but has there has any woman ever spoken enough like look at the world that we live in look at the history of publication what people have written what people have said how far back does it go where does it go and we don't see it enough at all um so when I'm worried about my voice even if I'm not speaking in person I can write it down at home and be prepared for it to be out there in an article or blog space or podcast like this perhaps in print you know we manifest touch wood but um yeah um, I worry sometimes that I forget these kind of things because when you're in certain spaces and you're like not silenced but you're worried about your voice coming across as xyz it can make you feel like you're irrelevant, that you're worthless, that it doesn't matter. And it does. Even if it's minor, it does. Even if it's been said before, it does. Think of all the incantations and choruses that we enjoy, the mantras, the prayers, the anthems that we repeat over and over again. There's nothing wrong with saying something a few times. It gets frustrating, don't get me wrong, but it's also sometimes a reinforcement of what we are and who we are and where we're going. So, yeah. And we all need forms like this once in a while. We all need... um a girl power type narrative just to remind you that there is strength in being who you are putting yourself forward and believing beyond all imagination because at the end of the day sometimes it does feel fruitless it can but if you're inspiring another girl to do more or who can say no to you you know like he could say no to you when you're inspiring someone else to do more you know we love to see it so yeah that's the end of that Thank you for listening to this episode. I will continue journaling and hopefully my journal will one day become a film like that. Um, Not like that, but like a film. Maybe one day or a show. Oh my God, you never know. A journal into a TV show into a film. 
<sighs> a journal to a book into a TV show and then a film. Incredible. We move. But yeah, I mean, the gothic scenes were there. There's a point where Catherine dresses up as a man to walk into a village to save um, her friend from the marriage that has collapsed with her own husband um, due to him being sick. And it's like how women have to appropriate new appearances and identities to fit in with society. It's all there. Like, it's fighting to the duel. It's... um, uh, swords and, and plaques and ownership and, and 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 superiority it's like what everyone's always fighting for and uh, status and it's still happening today but just through different formats everyone's trying to climb socially it's incredible but also quite daunting because you wonder where you're going to end up but then again you remember none of it really matters because we don't live forever so it's the point well I guess that's the idea that people are trying to create legacies that live forever they want to put themselves in such a position that any children that they have are in a good position. So even if those children don't end up doing anything, they still have something to inherit without any merit. Ooh, that rhymed. Yeah, so I get it. It's, it's that desire for progeny. So it's not completely um, ridiculous. It's just very unfair. That hereditary uh, superiority. But yeah, again. Thanks for listening to this lovely episode. Yeah, honestly, thanks for listening because I just find it really interesting how, like, the same themes that I see today, like, you know, constructs of things like virgin- virginity and teenage rebellion and um, what else? And, and, and horseplay, you know, girls <laughs> rejecting their chores and, 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 and dads being quite, um, I don't want to say funny. Um, but that's not being as wise as presented to be in literature when men are trying to big themselves up women always kind of present them as you know not foolproof basically like laughable essentially um, the father's a bit of a goof the mom is the one that sets him straight and there's the sensible character in the family yeah it's just it's really it's, it's cute and it's funny I don't it's definitely worth a watch you know you can never really get go wrong with films like that except that even if you don't like the way it's portrayed it teaches you how women of history lived um quite authentically um without the overbearing guilt that sometimes comes with these storylines you are like oh the woman is so repressed and let's let's be sad and empathize with her it's more like haha i'm rooting for this heroine who is facing everything but has a few people on her side like her uncle and her uncle's wife actually who herself has a lot is very well endowed with money and status but encourages birdie to rebel you know that teenage rebellion says i see wings around you and um obviously very emphatic because of her name and then even that idea of you know birdie's mom having the children sorry that's a spoiler but yeah she ends up having twins and um, it's like that sex successful rebirth. It's like symbolism of women successfully overhauling, you know, the patriarchal systems that hold them down. And the dialogue is incredible. There's a time where, you know, Birdie has a few helpers around the the village. So she has like, there's like a maiden who watches over her, watches her clothes, and does everything. And she oversees as. As Betty screams, like, 
I'm like I'm a human being like I I I'm not just a um, item to own I'm a person I have feelings and it's not about how much I cost and these are just incredible things to remember when you're going through life and people are telling you you need to do x you need to do y you need to do z but really really you just need to be you and be as humane as possible and um there's even a problem with her friend is like is is kind of hinted as being gay but it's never said it's like these things always have existed people have always wanted to push back but they just haven't had that narrative to be able to say i want to push back because we're not putting these voices in the mainstream we're not giving them book deals we're not putting them on tv we're not sharing their journals so like the only people that uh, that were actually getting their say out in the public sphere were people of status people of status are pretty happy with the condition of the world because they're privileged but like until the underclass have something to say in the mainstream in the public sphere we're always going to think that everything was 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 cushy as they say so yeah but i won't dwell again thank you for listening to this episode i appreciate the time and effort you've taken and um i hope to see you all soon thank you again but yes thank you so much for listening to this lovely short and sweet episode about this fantastic exclusive screening i was able to um watch at the barbican center i'm hoping that i will be able to record the rest of the um events i attended over the past week so i can stay up to date with them so they're fresh in my head when i'm doing these reviews and yeah thank you so much for listening take care and stay tuned bye